everybody. I'm Lena. Say hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. We've been married for six years. No, it's not our first marriage. But hopefully it's our last. We're committed to making this one work. We will talk emotional baggage. Blended families. Love. Sex. Relationships. Life. We are here to help you with your baggage. So let's make sure that it fits in the overhead compartment. Because haven't we already paid enough? Life's too short to be weighed down by unchecked baggage. So sit back and enjoy the flight. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Unchecked Baggage. I'm Rob, and I'm recording this episode shirtless, and I'm sitting across from my beautiful, sexy wife, Alina. Hello, everybody. I'm sure everyone's going to be really happy to have you in their mind as shirtless. Oh, they will. Also, I'd like to thank everyone who has listened to all of our episodes so far, and please help us spread the word. Speaking of that... Okay, first of all, I'm sitting here with a glass of wine because this is going to be a hard episode for me to record. So, speaking of that, we are doing a giveaway. Woo! I like giveaway. What do I get? I want a a prize. We're going to give away a custom unchecked baggage t-shirt. When we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we'll do a random drawing for anyone that has emailed us with a question or comment on the show or reviewed us on iTunes. So here's what you need to do. Number one, email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com with a relationship advice question, a topic that you'd like us to cover on the show, or commentary about how much you love or maybe don't love the show. Who wouldn't love the show? I don't know. What kind of person, what kind of sicko (laughs) would not love the show? There's some crazy people out there, Rob. Number two, you can review us on iTunes. Please give us five stars. Number three, tell your friends to listen. The faster we get more listeners, the sooner we do the giveaway. So share us on social media. Number four, once we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we'll make a video of us doing a drawing using a random number generator and post it. If you email us and review us on iTunes, you get added to the drawing twice. The only restriction is that direct family of Rob and myself cannot win. So our moms, dads, kids, etc. need not apply. So if you don't have iTunes, please review us on wherever you listen to our podcast. You just don't get the extra entrance into the contest. But we need reviews on everything. Yeah, please, 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 please review us and share with everybody you know. You ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. So tonight's episode is going to be on sexual compatibility. 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 Yes. <laughs> Got okay? it. So for the people that understand that, we're talking this week about sexual compatibility. Mm-hmm. So how is it defined? Okay, well, there's no official definition of sexual compatibility. Psychology Today offers this definition. It's the extent to which a couple perceives their shared sexual beliefs, preferences, desires, and needs with their partner. What do you think about that, Lena? Well, I think that that's right. I do think that um, sexual compatibility is kind of hard to pin down. I think it's something that when two people have it, they know that they have it. And when they don't have it, they know that they don't have it. Yeah, that's true. I did a little bit of research. I saw an article from Psychology Today. And basically, I guess if you sum that up, it says that sexual satisfaction is directly linked to relationship satisfaction. I I buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, we're, we're sexual creatures, I think, by nature. And you probably a little bit more than the rest of us. Yeah, I'm a sexual creature for sure. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, sex is very important to a relationship. I would like to preface this with the fact that we do know that there are people that are asexual. And I think that can be a form of sexual compatibility. Also, if you have two people together that are asexual, they're just not interested in sex at all. Well, that means that they are on the same wavelength. Right. Sexual compatibility means you have the same feelings about sex or needs about sex. Exactly. So just you either have no need or the same need or whatever. But yeah, it's still sexual compatibility. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it can vary at different points in time. You know, I mean, it's not like we're robots and we're programmed a certain way to always be exactly this level of sexuality. I think that that kind of waxes and wanes over time. Right. And, um, you know, hopefully if you're with a person that where you're sexually compatible, then your waxes and wanes kind of match. And if not, you work to get them. Is waxings and wanes, is that some kind of sexual term? <laughs> like wax on, wax off? I mean, it can be if you want it to be, babe. Let's pretend like it is. All right. It's more exciting that way. <laughs> All right. So if you look for reasons for divorce, most people don't list sexual compatibility as a reason for divorce. Although that's probably a, a big factor. They usually say like irreconcilable differences or whatever. That's because talking about sex is still off limits for a lot of people. I mean, this country was founded by a bunch of fuddy-duddies, right? So even though there's sex everywhere you look, people still don't talk about sex. And most people with a high sex drive aren't going to tell their partner, hey, I got to have sex all day long, every day long, because they don't want to be considered a freak or be a sexual pervert or anything like that. So they never talk about sex. That ends up with the unsatisfied sex life, which then leads them to turn into affairs to find what they don't have in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I especially agree about the fuddy-duddy thing. And I think even though sex, it's everywhere in the media. I mean, you turn on the TV, there's sex. You see billboards, there's sex. Everywhere there's sex, 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 yeah. sex, sex. But we're still really sexually repressed as a nation overall. I found an article by Pamela Weibel, MD. It's called America Oversexualized and Sexually Repressed. She says, quote, America is excessively sexualized. Yet I find many people are clueless about their feelings, their bodies, and their sexuality. I grew up in Texas, a landscape of strip clubs and churches, assault rifles, and toddler beauty pageants with four-year-old girls prancing about in false eyelashes, spray tans, and high heels. This is America. I would just like to say that if I saw a woman in a bikini with them 16, it might do a little something for me. Just saying. Really? It could be. Yeah. I haven't seen one. I'm just saying it sounds like it would be, you know, something... I, <laughs> I think the point is, is that we see sex everywhere, but we're still not allowed to talk okay. about it. We're still not allowed to do it under certain circumstances. Right. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's better than it used to be, but still it's off topic. I mean, it's off limit subject. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of the fact that we've got different factions of people within our country. You have some people that are really sexually liberated. And then you've got some people that are very, very conservative and those two things clash. And so we have this weird dynamic of sexuality, but don't talk about it kind of thing, which is kind of silly. So when you first start dating somebody, it's, it's usually hard to tell about sexual compatibility because the relationship is new. And when the relationship is new, both partners are typically more sexual because they want that other person to like them 
So they feel sometimes that having sex more than they would normally have sex would make that person like them more. Plus you have a physical attraction because it's somebody. I think it's way more than you wanting them to like you. I think whenever you very first meet, and I didn't pull up any articles for this, but when you very first meet someone and you're falling in love, you have all these hormones that are Mm -hmm. rushing through you. You've got the butterflies in your stomach. You think about that person all the time. You just have like this huge hormone rush and even if you're not typically a super sexual person, even if, even if you're not at the very beginning of a relationship, you are, yeah, you're, you're going to be off the charts sexual. And I think that that makes it hard for whoever you're with to gauge, you know, I mean, it's really hard to gauge whenever you guys are first together because you don't know what the person's typical sexuality is like. Right. And I would think that men would take that as, oh, this lady is highly sexual. When we get married, I'm going to get sex all the time. Or later, as we go on our dating, I'm going to get sex all the time. But that usually is not the case. Usually it wanes, like you were saying earlier. <laughs> it wanes off the sex slows down. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think that it's just, I mean, it's not just men too. I mean, it's, it, there's a flip too. I mean, there are plenty of relationships where women are more sexual than the men. Yeah. It's just that, yeah. I think uh, it's just expected that the men will be the more sexual creature in the relationship. So when you first start dating somebody, there's probably some questions you could ask to help, you know, to see what your compatibility is, even in the beginning of the relationship. So some questions you could ask is how important is sex to that person? So you can have a conversation about how often do you enjoy having sex or how important is sex to you in a relationship? Is that the number one thing? Whatever. Okay. That's, it's important. I think people aren't honest a lot of the time. Though. Oh. I mean, at the beginning of the relationship, they're going to think, oh yeah, I'm very sexual. I love having sex all the time. Oh, well, you're going to have to read that and see. I can tell when somebody's lying, so it wouldn't work on me. Well, I mean, I th- it's not that they're lying. It's that they feel sexual at that point in time because they have all those hormones rushing through them. So they think all of a sudden they're a very sexual person. The only way to tell what someone's really like is to be with them for a really long time and wait for all that newness sure. to wear off. I mean, I guess you could ask them how their last, last relationships were, like sexualized and all that stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. You can read so much into a person by just listening what they say to, to what they say about their right. past relationships. Right. Okay. Another question you can ask is how they view sex as a way to connect or feel love. Like, do they have sex because they want to feel loved or do they have sex because they want to be connected to somebody? So find out the reasons why they want to have sex and then what things are off limits sexually to them. Okay. Like butt stuff. Yes or no. Okay. <laughs> you can't meet somebody, do butt stuff. Because they want to marry you, and then you get married, and they ask all of a sudden say, "I can't do butt stuff anymore because my butt's broken." Okay? <laughs> that doesn't work. All right, so I think I, th- I think these things are should be talked about early. Not, I mean, not on the first date, but as your dates progress, and maybe as you start having sex, you should talk about these things to make sure that you're both on the same page. And then as you get to the point where you think it's going to be a long term relationship or maybe marriage, you should definitely have this conversation before you get married. But a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're afraid to bring it up Mm -hmm. because they want to seem weird or anything. Okay. But I think I found some questions that could help with that. All right. Okay. So here's one question. What is your partner's definition of sex? So Lena, what's your definition of sex? I mean, I think that it's more than just vaginal penetration. I think it is just about anything that (laughs) I think, I think, You're laughing because you know what I'm going to say. Well, I, I, I think the definition is if it goes in the hole, it's good for your soul. Okay? <laughs> if it goes in any hole, that is sex. So 
yeah. mouth. Some people think butt stuff is not actual sex, but that's not true. It's sex. You know, I think a lot of I mean things I've read, a lot of kids think that uh, if they do oral sex, it's not actually sex. Right. Um, you know, they're like, oh, I can still be a virgin with, I mean, the whole concept of virginity is ridiculous in my, in my opinion. But I think it's, you know, oral sex, any, any kind of sex is sex. sex. It, it doesn't just have to be penis with vagina. It's called oral sex. Right. You're having sex orally, not vaginally, but holily. I'll make up my own words, okay? I can do whatever I want to. Vaginally. Vaginally. Well, what about buttholey? Okay. <laughs> All right. So what frequency? So then another question you should ask is what frequency and duration of desired sex does your partner prefer? So how often do they like sex? Do they like long marathon sessions of sex? Do they want to get it over with? That's an important thing too. Like, like, like quickies. Mm-hmm. You know. That is really important because if you have somebody, one person that likes to go for hours and another person that's just fine after 15 minutes, yeah, that's over. not a good match. Maybe like to have sex in the shower and only in the shower because that way they get clean right afterwards. Some people feel dirty after sex. Oh. Yeah. So maybe they only want to have sex in the shower. So when they get done with sex, they clean off and they're out and they're done and they're clean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those people probably need to see a therapist. There's something going on there. Maybe. So that would probably fall under what is your partner's preferred environment for sex? Do they like the lights on, the lights off, in a car, in traffic, at a red light, top of the house, in the bushes? You know, some people like to have sex a certain way, mm-hmm. a certain darkness or whatever. If you're with somebody that will only have sex whenever all the lights are off, don't expect it to get any better. That's probably the way that they actually like having sex. Yeah. When I was in the military, I met this girl in San Diego. She was actually a redhead and she was a little chunky and we couldn't even kiss if the lights were off. And she would get in bed with her clothes on and take her clothes off underneath the covers. And then I would get in bed. I would already be naked though because I didn't care. I would come in bed and then it was just like that. And then when we were done, I had to roll over so she could go do whatever she had to do in the dark. She wouldn't even turn the lights on. She got dressed, came back out, turned the lights on. I thought it was kind of weird. But at the time, I was just like, whatever, I'm getting sex. I don't care. Why did you just tell us she was chunky? What did that have to do with the story? Well, I think the chunky part might have been why she wanted the lights off. Even oh. though even though I saw her already, I knew she was chunky because she had, when she had clothes on, maybe she had, you know, this was like in 1982. People were not. God, you're so old. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Well, all I have to say about that is chunky ladies, don't be embarrassed. I'm a chunky lady. I love chunky ladies. I know. I didn't, obviously. I didn't, I didn't want the lights off. She wanted the lights off. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the lights on and spotlights on her. It was my choice. Okay. <laughs> Also, another question to ask is, what are your partner's turn-ons and turn-offs? Okay. Mm-hmm. Bad breath. You know, do they want you to shower before you have sex with them? Yes, you know, please. Grooming issues. You know, stuff like that. And also, relationship orientation. That's another question to ask. Maybe they like, maybe they're bisexual mm-hmm. and they want to have sex with you and somebody else. Maybe they have to have threesomes all the time or sometimes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, all this kind of stuff you need to find out before you commit to a marriage or whatever because it's only going to get worse if you don't bring it up. And I found a sexual compatibility test on BuzzFeed.com. So you know it's super scientific. Super scientific. It's on Mm -hmm. BuzzFeed. Yeah. It asks lots of questions. Let me pull it up here. All right. 
So Rob and I took this test and basically it says the closer your scores are together, the more sexually compatible you are together. So just a couple of the questions that it asks, like number one, it says, first of all, let's start with some positions. How do you feel about the missionary position? And then you answer, I like it or I don't like it. How do you feel about the doggy style position? I like it. I don't like it. What about the spoon position? I like it. I don't like it. So it goes through all of that. It asks about positions and then it asks about environment. It asks about a bunch of things. And our scores, I think we're pretty close. Pretty close. You're closer to me than most people. I got a 293. I got a 325, which is the highest you can get. I got yeah. a that son of a bitch. Because you didn't okay. say no to anything. No, I don't say no to anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe sex with animals and possibly being urinated on. I don't know. I haven't been urinated on yet. See if I like it. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, those weren't questions on the survey. So, so I, I would have, that would have been, I probably would have said yes because I haven't done it. Ew. That's illegal. Being peed on? No. Oh, not sex with animals. No, I wouldn't say no to that. Gross. I mean, good, good that you, because that's gross. Okay. So if you're going to ask your, find out if you're sexually compatible with your partner, okay, you should ask some questions and here's some questions to ask. And that's more questions. So one of them is the meaning of sex. So what does sex mean to your partner? Okay. What motivates them to have sex? There are many reasons people have sex, like from having babies, for seeking pleasure, reducing stress, showing love. So for me, for the most part of my life, sex meant how I showed love. Since I had some abandonment issues when I was a teenager, right before I started having sex, my stepdad left. And then I started having sex, and sex made me feel different than I felt in my life at the time. So to me, when somebody had sex with me, that was that they loved me. I was like, oh, this person loves me because they're having sex with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm having sex with them, so I must love them too. But then I realized as I got older, that's not really the case. But it took me a long time, probably 30s, before I realized that sex is not the way you show love. Mm -hmm. Um, But my teenage years, I was just mowing through women because I wanted to be loved by everybody. So to me, that's how you show people love. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think I have a lot of the same baggage as you have. I feel like when I was younger... I really felt like I was missing something as far as love, probably from my dad's. And I had a dad and a stepdad, and I, I'm sure they did the best job that they possibly could. But um, I was never like anybody's little princess or the apple of someone's eye. And I think as a girl... You're the apple of my eye. I know. And banana, too. <laughs> and that's why I'm probably happier than I've ever been in my whole life. Good. You deserve to be happy. But I, I think that because of just that experience when I was younger, I, I felt like sex equals love also. And I think that made me be pretty promiscuous through a lot of my early adulthood. Um, but at this point, I mean, I've grown out of that. I'm, I'm past that. Um, and I realized that, you know, sex doesn't necessarily equal love. But it took a while to get there, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter how long it takes to get there, really. But mm-hmm. as long as people realize that that's, sex is not really the most important thing in a relationship. Right. Being sexually compatible is important, but it's not the most important thing as far as, like, you have to have sex a set number of times. Yeah. It's the way the person makes you feel, the way you treat each other, really. Yeah. So what if somebody's not sexual compatible? Can that be fixed, babe? I think that to a certain degree it can I think that if you are in the same ballpark as far as sexuality, like you both. So you're talking about if you're at first base and one's in third base? (laughs) 
I kind of mean just, you know, I mean, like if you have a completely asexual person, meaning someone that does not want to have sex ever, and you have someone that wants to have sex multiple times a day, obviously those two are never going to be considered sexually compatible. There's no meeting in the middle on that. But if you have two people that are mostly compatible and maybe one has a higher sex, a little bit of a higher sex drive than the other, then yeah, I I definitely think that you can get to the root of whatever's going on with your incompatibility. I think that you've got to figure out what the root of the cause is for someone that has kind of lost their sex drive. Um, You know, have you lost interest? Has your spouse lost interest? You got to figure out why. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. You know, maybe one person isn't having their needs met or maybe they have things going on in their life that are just killing their sex drive, like work or kids or extended family stressors. I think if it's something like that, then you can work on it as long as you're communicating, talk to each other, you figure it out. You know, if one person does have a lot of stress and the other person, you know, doesn't have as much, maybe the person without as much stress can take off some of the load from the person that has more stress. You said load. You know what I mean? Take the load off, babe. So, And and sometimes it could be a a change, like maybe you give birth to a child and the woman, after she gives birth to a child, she doesn't have as much sex drive as she did before she had a baby. Because she's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to have another baby for, for a while or whatever. Yeah. Or, I mean, sometimes when women have babies, they just don't feel good about themselves yeah. because their body has changed. And, you know, it takes them a while to get back to the point where they actually feel sexy. And if that's the case, if you're not feeling sexy anymore, that's something you communicate to your partner right. and let them know. And then they can help you to feel sexy because you are still sexy, woman. Yeah. yeah. Everything about you is still sexy. So you have your body changes. You change because you gave birth to a child that that person helped you create. Right. It shouldn't be any different afterwards. I mean, you know what the result's going to be afterwards. Yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You brought life into this world. Yeah. That's the sexiest thing ever. I agree. <laughs> so my last marriage is an example of total sexual incompatibility that is not fixable. And that was one of the biggest reasons probably why we got divorced. So I've always had in the past a pretty high sex drive and my last husband just did not. And I found out sort of, I mean, I I figured out that he just wasn't attracted to me as a person, you know? I mean, like he didn't like my body type. He wasn't, I don't even know if he liked me as just my personality or anything. I don't know. But we were not compatible at all. Why do you think that though? What's another reason besides that? He didn't like you. Maybe Um, he had issues with himself. I think he did. I think he definitely had some issues with himself. He had some insecurities, probably. But I also think that he was attracted to a totally different type of woman. So, from my experience, most men that are insecure usually have small penises. So, that could be it, too. You know, that's a generalization that may or may not apply. They also have big trucks. So, (laughs) All right, so it's assumed... That both parties in a relationship are sexually satisfied if nobody says anything. Okay, unfortunately, that's not always the case, though, because some people, like we've been talking about, won't say they're not getting enough sex or getting enough sex. They just think this is how it's going to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, a New York Times article that I read says this quote, it revealed that 15% of married couples are in a sexless relationship. So, Lena, what do you think that means? Sexless relationship. Sexless relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that means that you have a relationship where people are not having sex. Kind of correct. So the term sexless relationship consists of couples who have not had sex for more than 10 times, had sex more than 10 times in one year, no sex in the last six months, or no sex in the last year. Unrecognized or disregarded sexual incompatibility is often a cause for this. Mm -hmm. 
So it's not not just having sex. It's a period of time without it, going without sex. Maybe you just have sex on somebody's birthday. Oh, so if you have oh, okay, so you have sex just on special occasions, right. that's still considered a sexless marriage. Yeah, because it said ten times in one year. That's less than once a month. Yeah. Who could do that? I can't do that. There's no way. Uh, I know. I think I you die. might die. I think you might literally perish you know, if, if a, that happened. If a man gets an erection and doesn't release himself, he could die. It's a proven fact. Yeah. Is it? It's science. <laughs> you say it's science. It's true. Okay. <laughs> so if you're in a sexually incompatible relationship, there are some things that you can do to fix the issue. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to, there's seven things I found. Teach me. I'm going to teach you, young one. So the first one is visit a sex shop. Okay, but be open-minded. Okay, it's not the fifties anymore. More people now go to sex shops. Although in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, you had to go to sex shops to get movies. There wasn't any sex shops online. Oh, yeah, right. That's what I, I know anyway. But so, I think going to a sex shop is different than buying something online. You know, I mean, you can also buy stuff online, but right. I think if you go to the sex shop, it's I don't know, it's more of an immersive or immersive experience. Yeah, this might sound weird, but make it a date night. Like go to dinner. And say, hey, why don't we swing by this little adult bookstore right here and see what they got? And then shop, look around, ask your partner what they like. Say, hey, what do you think about this or that? Show me what you like. Like, if you could buy anything in the store, what would you buy? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. then buy something. Take it home and try it. Yeah. Do okay? it. If you don't want anybody to know your name, just take, take cash. Pay cash. And there's no reason to be embarrassed about going to a sex shop. I mean, most people have sex. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Just go. Have I mean, fun. Let loose. Be open-minded. Like you could go to this, the bookstore and they have little private video viewing rooms. Do they still have those? I don't know. I haven't been in one probably before 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think of when I met you. I haven't been in one since I met you. But yeah, they have like little private booths and you put money in there and it shows you a movie and it has like a, depending on what size it is, they have a couch or a chair. Sounds very unsanitary. It probably is. But I mean, I've been in there with my ex-wife before we had sex. We went into the thing and ma'am had sex and left. Did you bring your Lysol with you no, to spray no, things no. down this is prior? Pre-COVID. I, I mean, it's not pre-STD. What's STD? <laughs> you haven't lived until you have an STD, I guess. <laughs> okay. So and another thing you can do is don't think about sex. Okay. Now that sounds counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Which is then they're saying you have to be sexual compatible, right? And now we're telling you don't think about sex, but actually it's basically just a reset on your relationship. So instead of having sex, she's talking to, Hey, let's try to reconnect. So let's go as long as we can without having sex. So hold hands, cuddle, you know, you can still make out, but no sexual intercourse until as long as possible. Because if you think about it, it's like when you first started dating, mm-hmm. right? You go someplace, you hold hands, you go to the park, you hold hands, you're watching TV, you cuddle, you got a little kiss here and there, kiss, like you're not spending all day making out, but you're, you're kiss more when you first start dating than after you're in a relationship for a while. Yeah. Cause you're, you're building a connection there. Right. And let's just say you don't even have to give it a set time to say, Hey, let's don't have sex for two weeks or let's don't have sex for a month. Let's just say, let's reconnect start over and let's say you start on a Monday morning or whatever, you're holding hands and then Tuesday night you're having sex. So what? Mm -hmm. But the point is that you reset yourself and you know that you can reconnect when you have to. I like that idea because I know that, I mean, there have been times where I go through a period where I'm just not interested in sex. I have a lot going on at work. I got a lot going on with the kids. The last thing I want to think about is having sex with you. Or anybody else. Well, see, that's what we're different because that's all I think about is having sex with you. I, I know. It doesn't matter how stressful my day is. I'm just like, oh, my day's so stressful. I think I'll go home and have sex with Lena. 
I know. I think you're an, an anomaly. I, I definitely, when I'm stressed out, my sex drive goes down. And you know that. And I think sometimes the pressure, knowing that you want to have sex, makes mm-hmm. me want to have sex even less. Right. You know, because I'll be like, oh, he wants to have sex. I know he wants to have sex, but I don't want to have sex. And I'll have this whole dialogue in my head. And I know, here's, here's how I'll play it out. So we have sex, say, on a Wednesday. Then it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We haven't had sex. You're thinking to yourself, okay, it's Monday. He hasn't had sex in a while. He's going to start asking me for sex pretty soon. I don't feel like having sex. So then you kind of stay away from me. So, right? Because that's what happens. Because you know I can't go too long without sex. Mm-hmm. And I... Because you'll die. Right. I'll die. And I know that you know I want to have sex, but I pretend like I don't want to have sex (laughs) because I don't want you to think, oh, he's just being nice because he wants to have sex. So it's like a whole (laughs) circle of she knows I want to have sex. I have to pretend like I don't want to have sex so that I don't I don't want to have sex with her unless she really wants to have sex with me. So it's it's weird. Like, I don't want to say, okay, she's just giving me sex because it's been 10 days since we had sex. So it's like this game that we play with each other, which is fine. I mean, you know, we're at the point where our relationship now it doesn't really matter anymore. It's just fun. Cause I think about that. It's just like, <laughs> well, I like this suggestion about don't think about sex. I, I like it because there have been times where you're, you're like that. You'll say, we don't have to have sex. Let's just sit here and hold hands. Yeah. And then we'll end up holding hands. And then we start cuddling a little bit. Uh-huh. Then we might make out a little bit. And then before you know it, we're having sex because I didn't have that pressure on me knowing that sex was the expectation. And you want to know something? What? I know this works. But mm-hmm. see, that's part of it because when you're sexually compatible or the kind of relationship that we have is I know things to do in order to get sex that doesn't pressure you to have sex. So I can say, hey, it's no big deal. We don't have to have sex. Let's mm-hmm. just hold hands and just cuddle. But I've, over a certain bit of time, you start to relax and think, okay, he doesn't really want to have sex, but he does. I think you know. But it's on your terms, not mine. I'm no dummy. I know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I like to be in control a little yeah. bit. So I like it when you're in control, too. <laughs> okay. So another thing you can do, if that doesn't work, is see a sex therapist. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with seeking outside help. Like people see therapists for themselves or they'll see a couple therapists for the relationships. Shit, even pets have therapists now, right? Mm-hmm. So why not have a therapist that can help you become sexual compatible? Because this therapist is going to ask you questions that you're not going to think about asking for yourself. Or they're going to give you some real life practice things to do or things to do to rekindle the, the romance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a touchy subject because most guys don't want to go to a sex therapist if it's the guy and say, we don't have sex very often because I can't get an erection or my erections don't last very long. Or she says, well, we have sex. I'm not sexually satisfied because I never have orgasm. He can't make me orgasm or whatever it is. Okay. But if you really love the person and you want to be in a long-term relationship and you know that sex is important to them, then this is what you have to do to make it work. Mm-hmm. I think it's re- really hard for men to open up about sexual except, problems except for the ones with the erectile dysfunction it's not really hard for them. difficult it's very <laughs> difficult for them to open up about it because i think in our society men are supposed to be very sexual creatures you know right, yeah. and if they're having any sort of issue in the bedroom that's just embarrassing and i mean i think that or i wish that more men would talk about their issues so that people realize hey it's not just me 
And, you know, there are other people that are having these issues. And just because I am having this issue doesn't necessarily mean that I'm less of a man. Yeah. And I think that goes back to a kind of relationship you have with the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. So if you've already been kind of talking about this, then talking about whatever your problem is, um, like if, if I ever have sexual problems, I would say, hey, for some reason, I don't feel that my sex drive is what it was before. It's not you. It's me. So I have to be careful because I don't want to say I don't feel sexually attracted to you anymore or I don't feel like I want to have sex because I know that would be a reflection on on you thinking that I don't think it's a subject that has to be approached delicately. That's true. I mean, it is definitely a multi-layered thing Mm -hmm. because everyone has their own insecurities. And if someone doesn't want to have sex with them, they automatically think that it's them and not necessarily the person that's having the sexual dysfunction. Right. And especially knowing what kind of relationship you're in before Mm -hmm. that you didn't feel wanted or attracted. So maybe some of my sex drive is making up for that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, she didn't get enough sex before. I need to give her enough sex to last for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Give her so much sex, she's never going to want sex again. Right. When I die, I want the sex to last 23, 40 years after I die. Okay. <laughs> You're dead. I'm done. Done. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so another thing you can do is watch porn together. Say, according to a survey released by Pornhub in 2017, over 22 million users are registered to that site as of that year in 2017. There were 75 million daily visits. Okay. That cannot all be for men. Mm-hmm. Okay. Women have to go there too. Put women, women probably just don't say, Hey, I went one day or whatever. You know, men probably talk about you go to Pornhub and see whatever. I don't think women are advertising. Hey, guess what? You know, guess what I watched today on Pornhub. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to watch porn together, you know, you probably want to start out with gang bangs or handicap porn. You want to work <laughs> your way up to that. Okay. So, you know, start out with something with a little storyline because men and women see sex that like men want to get right to sex. So they probably just want to watch clips of people having sex, 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 sex. Okay? Mm-hmm. Women want to see people going on what would be a date, like the pizza delivery guy. He's always bringing pizza. I wonder what kind of pizza that is. Oh, wait, they're having sex. <laughs> right. Yeah. I need a storyline. Yeah. Don't, don't just bring me straight to the sex. There's nothing in that for me. I need some romance, so, some intrigue. Yeah. So if you're going to ask your wife to watch porn with you, then watch the kind of porn she wants to like. It's, it's going to end up being the same thing. Okay. Sooner or later, the people in the movie are going to have sex. Well, I think, okay, so you're just looking at it from a man's perspective, but I mean, sometimes the woman is the person with the higher sex drive in the relationship. So what you want to do is find the person with the lower sex drive, figure out what they like, you know, right. figure out what pushes their buttons. And that's the kind of porn that you watch. So let me tell you a story. So with my ex-wife, we were having some sexual issues, not enough sex. Okay. And I wasn't at the point of my life where I wanted to say, hey, let's watch some porn. You know how much I love stories about your ex-wife. Well, it's <laughs> she's my ex-wife for a reason. Anyway. Just kidding. So the way I approached it was, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like I'm getting enough sex. Maybe you don't want to have sex with me because I'm not very good. This is what I did. That's the way you posed it? Basically. And it's not so many words. You're like, I think that maybe you don't want to have sex with me because I suck at it. Right. Even though I didn't. This is the way, this is my psychology that I use. I said, hey, I ordered some how-to videos from the Sinclair Institute, okay? So basically, that is porn. So what they do is they talk about different positions you can do. It shows them doing, it shows them having sex. It's like a how-to sex video? It's like a how-to sex video. So we would watch it, and I was like, let's just watch it. You know, we can learn some new tech, maybe some new positions, whatever, you know. 
So every time we'd watch that, we would have sex. So basically, it was my way of watching porn without watching porn. So that's another thing you can do. Tricky, tricky. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you have to humble yourself or pretend like you humble yourself to make things work out or to get sex even. I don't know. Sounds uh, almost a little manipulative, but I mean, I get where you're coming from on it. A little. I mean, mean, if you guys were still married, I'd say, man, that was a great idea. Yeah, but we're not, so it didn't work, I guess. All right. Also, another thing you can do is talk about your fantasies. Okay. Everybody has fantasies, but most people are afraid talk about the fantasies mm-hmm. like you might have a fantasy where you want somebody to dress up like superman and say hey if you dress up like superman i'll give you more sex and then that person might think well am i not good enough i have to dress up with somebody else so you have to be careful how you approach it you know but you should if you have fantasies you should be in a point in relationship where you're not afraid to talk about it yeah sometimes it's hard to talk about your fantasies because that's something that's like kind of deep-seated things within you that you're if you let someone else know about them that makes you vulnerable you know a lot of times you don't want to be vulnerable yeah sometimes you can just pose the question you know like i asked you before like what's some kind of fantasy that you've had or whatever but you were comfortable enough answering me so another thing that couples can do is role play right Mm -hmm. role play is pretty easy you can make it basic or as complicated as you want to i mean we've done quite a few role plays so what was one of your favorite role plays that we did you know, this is something I'm uncomfortable talking about in public, but okay. My favorite one. Well, we're not technically in public. Yeah. All right. Nobody just, will ever just, listen to this. We have like three listeners. Yeah, it's just me and you talking. That's so fine. Okay. So my favorite one ever was whenever I was the British supermodel or plus size supermodel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was my, that was my absolute favorite. That was my absolute favorite. It was so much fun because yeah. I was a totally different person. Cause what we do is we, we were at a hotel. Usually we do at a hotel and we went to a bar and we separated and then she sat one place. I sat one place and I went up to you and said, hi. And you answered me in the English accent. I'm just like, holy shit. Well, she's all in. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. And there was a couple of times we did one, like the one where I was a secret service agent. Yeah. And we were at the bar talking and I went to the bathroom and the bartender's like, hey, do we need that guy to leave? Because he keeps saying the same things over and over again. (laughs) So that's when you know you're doing a good role play when everybody believes it. Yeah. They thought that you were just trying to pick up on me and were being very annoying. Yeah. So also a part about being role playing is. Oh, that's the one where I was the lesbian. Yeah. You were the secret service agent. I was a lesbian. Oh, yeah. I I turned you straight. (laughs) Okay. No offense to anybody out there, please. <laughs> it's just role playing. Okay. So along with role playing is also the drawbacks. So I'm going to tell everybody a funny story right now that wasn't funny at the time. So one time, me and Lena were role playing. So you have to be careful. This is a not what to do. My name was AJ. I was from out of state. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah. this was like a long role play. It's like a week or two. Like we went on a couple of dates and didn't have any sex or anything. We're just like, we just met randomly, blah, blah, blah. And you had the uh, burner phone that you were texting me from. So I had a burner phone that I would text Lena from. So, I mean, he was really into this one. Like Like, I I would get pictures of houses in California. I lived in California. So I'd get pictures of houses in California and say, here's a picture of my house. This is what I'm doing today. I'm sitting out here in the pool. You know, this stuff like that. (laughs) Like we were all in. Okay. But in the meantime, we were having our kitchen remodeled. Like in real life. Like in real life. We're having our kitchen remodeled. And this guy came to remodeler kitchen and i'm talking 65 year old white hick country boy okay and he's coming to give me a bid and while he was giving me a bid he's like my mexican is texting me he can't cash the check at the bank i have to go to the bank to cash the check i was like okay i'll text you later and let you know if we want to do it or not anybody that describes another human being like that yes it's 
probably a little bit on the racist side. That, that adds to the story that I'm getting to. That night, me and Lena had our date night for the first time that we were going to, you know, as AJ and Lena. We went to do uh, axe throwing and all that stuff. Paid it all out. Went to the hotel and we had some drinks, had dinner. We're in the hotel. We had a lot of drinks. A lot of drinks. I was drunk. Okay? Yeah. So I took a picture of my junk in, <laughs> in all its glory. Okay. With my phone, my regular phone, not the burner phone. And then I sent the picture to my burner phone, but I didn't send it to the burner phone. Okay. I sent it to the white cowboy who came to our house <laughs> earlier in the day. That night, like at two o'clock in the morning. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure when he got up Sunday to go to church, he got a text message from me saying whether or not I was going to have him do the cabinets and he saw a picture of my Rick penis. I'm sure that just made it Sunday. So <laughs> the moral of the story is, the moral of the story is be careful when you're role playing. That's right. And uh, he didn't. Do our cabinets. Yeah, we believe it or not. Well, part of the reason why he didn't do our cabinets is because then we couldn't have him do our cabinets because every time he'd come over, he'd look right at my penis. <laughs> so be careful. That's a story of uh, what not to do. Okay. That's right. You have to be very careful with the role plays. All right. So another thing you can do is you can have an open relationship. Now, this one's tricky because not everybody can have an open relationship. You have to make sure you're comfortable in a relationship, you can't be jealous. Okay. The thing about this is if one person is highly sexual, the other person is not and you, but each of you love each other and you can't work it out and you say, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll be swingers or rope or do, you can date somebody else. That way you get what you want. I get what I want. We stay married. Everybody wins, but y'all have to be on the same page. Yeah. For that communication is the most important from what I understand. I mean, you've, you've got to, yeah. you've got to both be on the same page and set your rules. Right. You know, Beforehand. for what's okay. Yeah. Beforehand. Kind of the rules of engagement and it's not set in stone. So if you set, set up some rules and you say, okay, these are the things that we're comfortable with. Um, it can change over time. Right. So right. it doesn't necessarily just have to always be exactly the same mm-hmm. way. If you try something and you find out one of you isn't comfortable with it, you know, sit down, talk about it. Come up with the new rules. Yeah, you have, before you do this, you have to make sure you got everything out in the open, expectations set, the rules and all that. And this is basically a latch ditch effort thing. Okay. This is not like let's just try this first. If nothing else works, try that. Well, I mean, not necessarily though. I mean, I actually just watched a little documentary um like two weeks ago about this thruple. So that's a, a three person couple. I guess. Mm-hmm. So a throuple. Um, and they've been that way since day one. So they've had an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship. I guess it's not an open relationship because it's not like they're just bringing in multiple people. They're, I mean, they're exclusive to each other or all three are exclusive, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a last ditch effort. It, it could just be something that you guys are comfortable with. Right. So speaking of that, last week, the guy with the largest family alive. 74 years old guy in India just died. He had 30 something wives, like 37 wives. He was like in a little village in East India. And it was so popular that his house, his castle that he lived in with all these people was a tourist attraction. So when he died, he had the largest family of anybody alive because all the 30 something wives had kids. They all had kids. He was like a lots. Wow. So, I mean, I guess it can work. 30 something wives. I wonder how happy those wives are. He probably had kids like every single day first got married like just kids come out everywhere right think about it okay if he had say had sex twice a day seven days a week the kids just come out every nine months bam, 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 bam. kids coming out everywhere yeah that's too many kids that's too many wives too one's enough how many kids did they have 
I don't remember how many kids. I just remember it was like 34 wives. I mean, it's got to be like fucking hundreds like of triplet. kids. I think, I think the total was 175 people in his immediate family that all lived in the same house. Oh my God. That's so weird. Okay. So if none of that works, then maybe it's just call it quits and mm-hmm. just start over because nobody should be in a relationship who's not totally happy. It's in the, in, being sexually satisfied if, either with sex or without sex is part of being happy. And if you can't be happy, you tried all this other stuff, it doesn't work, then just move on and, and find somebody that you're compatible with. Learn what, learn from your mistakes and cut your losses and go. Yeah. There's nothing saying that you have to be with someone for the rest of your life. I mean, other than your marriage vows, but, yeah. you know, who goes by those anymore? Yeah. I mean, it sets death to your part. So, you know, if you don't want to get a divorce... All right, no. so since we're talking about sexual compatibility, my fun fact for the day is I found an article from Marie Claire that said, quote, the world's most popular porn site released analytics from their site not long ago, showing that the site's total porn consumers are comprised of 29% women. I thought that'd be a little bit higher. And that they, they're they spending more much longer time watching porn, staying on the site for an average of almost 11 and a half minutes compared to men who stay on there probably for 30 seconds because that's all it takes. Shockingly, here's the really shocking part, which got me going. Shockingly, women were 108% more likely to search out gangbang porn as compared to men and 72% more likely to search out rough sex. So what does that tell you? That tells me that, first of all, I think women are on there longer because it takes us longer to get our motors going. Get your juices flowing, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what it is. When men go to porn, I think there's like... I need to satisfy myself. I'm already kind of ready. They turn the porn on. It takes them like 20 seconds. Get ready. Bam. Do it. Maybe two minutes tops. Women have to watch a little bit of it. They need the storyline, Rob. Slowly undress themselves. <laughs> turn on the batteries or whatever. Okay? <laughs> right. Anything else? Uh, no. All right. That's all I have So to here's say. my joke for this episode. Hey, did I tell you that my penis was in the Guinness Book of World Records, babe? No, babe. You didn't. The librarian told me to take it out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us for this episode, everybody. And remember, we want to enter the contest, follow the rules that we said in, early in the podcast. And please, please share with your friends and review us on every podcast site you listen to us on. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to us. For relationship advice or to tell us how great we are, please email us at uncheckedaf at gmail.com. We can also be found at unchecked.baggage.co or on Facebook by searching at Unchecked AF. Our Twitter handle is at Unchecked B-A-G-G-A-1 or search for Unchecked AF on Instagram. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art. And thanks to everyone for listening to Unchecked Baggage and check, check your, your baggage, baggage at, at the, the door. door.